Hi, this is Meatloaf. Okay, kids, you know what time it is? You know what time it is? It's Outlaw Radio time! I'm true with standing in line for some fun to begin, but I found a good thing leaving me with a grin. It's time for Outlaw Radio to begin. You have the great Billy Gibbons here? And the lightning bump loud. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Allen. Pass me a gallon. Bring him up. He may want to sing this with me. He's here. No, I'm not upset. I'm not. A lot of people get married. Please, I'm in a hurry. Won't you straighten my tie? I'll get by. She was something else. She was. Now she's going to get married. She's got herself carried out for somebody new. What do I do? Well, don't worry about me. I'll be all right. Out of your mind. I'm stepping out now. I'm gonna boogie tonight. Dancing and singing love songs till the dawn's early light. I'm stepping out now. I'm gonna boogie tonight. Hey Tony, your song, man. My favorite, my favorite song of all time. Yes. I can barely hear you because the song's up so loud. How are you, Tony Orlando? Matt. Yes. You have done a lot of things to make me feel good, but what a Christmas present that was. <laughs> and furthermore, yeah. I kept hearing you say, that's not the mic I gave you. That's the mic I gave you. <laughs> he was telling me apparently he was on, but. Yeah. We didn't know it. Oh, is that right? I guess that voicemail, whatever it was, oh. he could hear well, us. Thank God you didn't say terrible things about me. I would have been very upset and sad. I'll tell you that right now. Tony, Tony Orlando, <laughs> you, you, know that, you know that that's impossible, first of all, because uh, you, are, you are one of those friendly guys, and we have been friends for a number of years. And uh, yes, you're a patriot and a, a beloved man in so not just my life, but personally in my life, but in so many of, uh, and I was going to say Americans' lives, but the world, man, they love you. Thank you. That's something to say that to me. Hey, you know what? I got news for you. Ah. So March 22nd at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, in that arena that's been voted 12 times the most, uh, the best venue for shows in all the world, literally, Mm. we won that. I am retiring from show business on the March 22nd, 2024. Hopefully, I can get your butt on an airplane and be there with me. 
so I could say goodbye to this beautiful business after 64 years. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Don't don't count on me uh, jumping on a plane to see you there because I don't approve of this retirement. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't re- uh, approve of this retirement. Tony Orlando, uh, you've been performing for uh, certainly not too many years, but not enough years to sate, to sate and to satisfy your fans. And... As my dad has always said, retire rhymes with expire. That's not so very it's nice to say to it, well, you know what? I think your dad's right, and that I'm not retiring from the business. I'm retiring from traveling those live shows. I'll tell you something, Matt. I don't know if you've been on the road lately, but it's a it's a killer out there. Yeah. The delays and the cancellations and the prices of airfares is beyond imagination. So you know what? I'm gonna, I, there's sides for me I've always wanted to, uh, you know, put into motion, which is my my writing, do some film writing, uh, produce some records with other people, create a film company, and do some exciting things that I've always wanted to do. I'm still in the business, but as I told Franny, my wife, I said, you know. I can still hit the ball. I just can't run the bases. <laughs> okay, all right. But it's you know, are you just BSing me? And you're you're these projects. You're you're trying to you're trying to sate my fear that once you're off the stage, you're gonna you're gonna kick it. You know, you've got to be around for many many more years, Tony. Oh, thank you, thank you, Matt, for that confidence and that that's you know, you've been a great friend for these years, and you know, I was a big fan of yours before I ever met you. Mm. My wife, Franny, even confirmed that. You're the one. You on the air. Yeah. You're one of the great, great, really the great radio kings of all time. Well, that is true. It's an honor to know you. And in my little radio show, you know, I've learned a lot by listening to your sense of humor. Hopefully I can try to put that into my radio show. But no one will ever be you. And you're one of the greats. And just thank you for being my friend. Okay, now now listen, Michael Anthony Orlando Casavetes. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Uh, first of all, no retirement. Second of all, what does a Tony Orlando do for Christmas? Do you spend it with your family? I do. I'm with my family and uh, a friend of ours, Paula Johnson, my wife, my daughter, my son, John. We're all going out for Christmas Eve here in Las Vegas. Nice. And uh, that's normally what we do. We spend our Christmases here at the Vegas home, which is now my daughter's home. And it's a great uh, time for me to be able to spend, you know, quality time with my family. Uh, I, I will tell you that uh, that the older I get, the more I appreciate friends, not so much family. But the more, no, no, I'm kidding. But I, I appreciate family and friends. Uh, and the substantial things that meant something in my life, cars, you know, cool stuff, none of that, that inanimate objects, man, none of those things mean anything to me. And I, I just got a feeling, Tony, that you're the same way. I am. I am the same way. And as you said, the older I get, you know, I'm going to be 80 years old this April. Yeah. Hard to believe that I'm that age because I don't feel it, but I'm going to be 80 years old. And when you get to this age, you know, you look behind, your best years are behind you. The great years to come, but, you know, just based on uh, normal lifespan, you got to say, your thinking is different. Yeah. I call friends now like you to be able to say I love you, and I mean it. Uh, because you have a different eye towards life when you hit this age. Yeah. And so I want you to know you've been an inspiration for me professionally, wow. but even more so as a friend. 
Wow, an inspiration to Tony Orlando. That's uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's pretty big. That's, that's, that's true. Pretty, that's pretty. Now epic. I can't say the same about your brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tony, you know what? I love you too. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Tony. No, I don't. Hey Tony Orlando, I don't know if my brother's doing an impression of you or the late Al Goldstein of Screw Magazine. <laughs> hey, hey Tony, you know I, I I love you and I've never met you in person. Uh, so no, he's he's the man. T- Tony is the man. And why why does why does uh, why do the masses think that you're Italian? Why do the masses think you're an Italian? Well, because the name Orlando sounds Italian. It does. Is, but it's my middle name. Mm. So that is, well, you know, my Italian friends, when they find out I'm not Italian, they go, hey, were you kidding me or what? <laughs> they don't talk to me anymore. But, you know, I, I'm half Greek, half Puerto Rican, yeah. and I was smart enough to marry a Sicilian. Yeah, that's oh yeah. She well, first of all, she's got to she's got to be a great cook. Otherwise, uh, you you would have kicked her out a long time ago, right, Tony? Yeah, I noticed you. She's a great everything. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, are we talking? We're speaking of we're we're speaking of Franny, aren't we? We're speaking of Franny. My wife, Franny. Yes. Yeah, she's a she is a beautiful, beautiful woman. She, she's right here. Tell Yeah. What? Thank you, Franster. Don't let your hubby don't let your hubby first of all grow up to be a cowboy. The other one, don't let your don't let your hubby retire. It's a bad idea. It's a bad bad idea. Hey listen, you know what she did? She just copyrighted this sentence. I've changed my mind to her. Hmm. That's that is a great idea. So it let's say let's say in a year and a half or two years, Tony Orlando's I've just changed my mind tour. That's what I'm looking for. God, that's great. Hey, how was uh you know, I've never asked you about him. How was Don Kirshner, the legendary rock and roll magnate Don Kirshner, how was he to work with? Well, first of all, I met Don Kirshner when I was sixteen years old. He was 26 years old. Then. Wow, wow. And I thought he was like a, I thought he was an older man. Uh, of course. He was only 26 years old. And in that office, check this out, this guy in that office had people like the following names. Who, by the way, when I joined him, they didn't have their hits yet. That's Carol King and her husband, Jerry Goffin. <laughs> Barry Mann and his, his wife, Cynthia Weil. Neil Sedaka. Wow. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Neil Diamond. All of them came out of that office. What? Wait, uh, Bobby Darren as well, right? Bobby Darren as well. Bobby Darren was in business with Donnie before Donnie started all the music. Uh, he, Donnie was Bobby's manager. Aha! Aha! And and then you paired up with him, and you were hired. You were hired to write songs and so on. And this right. this man, I we we've mentioned this a couple times. But it's worth mentioning again for those fans of Chopin, um, and I certainly am one, and being a fan of Tony, and we were friends for years until I realized that he was responsible for one of my top five favorite songs of all time. And, And even though I love Don't Worry About Me, one of the other faves is a song called Could Could This Be The Magic? Could it be magic by Barry Manilow? This man, he, this is the man responsible for that song. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And if you go to YouTube, if you go to YouTube, you'll go to a a version of that song two years before Barry without his version of it, 
when I produced Barry and signed him, I got him signed to Bell Records with the name Arista Records right. while I was working for Clive Davis. And that, which you'll hear, Could It Be Magic, was the first version that I produced and wrote with Barry. It was it was more of a disco version, right? It was more of a top 40, not disco. It was more of a top 40 yeah. version, yeah. Right, right. And then, uh, now, it was Barry's idea to put the Chopin part in there, even though the chords were already... Well, the Chopin part was only in his song later on that he did two years later. Ah, see that? See that? Man, I got to tell you, that's just incredible. How how did you meet up with... uh, What happened was, when I produced Barry's first (laughs) couple records for Bell, the head of Bell Records, Said to me the following, how ridiculous this was. Tony, we got to change his name. Nobody with the name Barry can ever become famous. <laughs> so we, so I had Dawn out at the time, Candy to knock me down. So I said to Barry, Barry, in order for us to get you signed, just come out and figure out a name of a band featuring Barry Manilow like it was Dawn featuring Tony Orlando. And then we'll switch it like... like uh, Diana Ross and Supremes did, like I did, etc. Yeah. So the first record that he came out with was called Featherbed. Why was it called Featherbed? I lived on Featherbed Lane in the Bronx. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. That's where the name came from. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where the name came from. So when I signed Barry to Bell, they wanted to drop him because they didn't feel he was writing top 40 type songs. This is before... Clive, the genius of Clive Davis came into Barry's life because that's the man that really made Barry a star. Yeah, Clive Davis deserves that respect and, and that knowledge. But when I had Barry at Bell, they were going to drop him, and I said, let's give them a top 40 record. So I went in and cut Could It Be Magic. By the way, the title I got from an old dubs doo-wop group called Could This Be Magic. Mm. I just dropped the word this to it. So you made it. Could it be magic? I, and uh, and it sounds nothing like a doo wop song. No, but the original title yeah. of the doo wop record was "Could This Be Magic?" Right. And the reason that happened, so Matt, you know, when we started out in those days, there was a Colony Record Shop on 49th Street and Broadway. They had this massive book that gave you the titles of practically every every song written, every record made. We would go to that book. All of us, Carol King, myself, Barry Mann, on occasion to get ideas. So we would go, okay, dance titles. Okay, moon titles. Right. Okay, girl titles. Well, I went to magic titles. And I saw the title, Could This Be Magic, by the dubs, and just changed the word, it. And I learned that from um, uh, Mitch Miller, who told me he changed the, the words, on the street where I live to on the street where you live. Oh, no and kidding. that one word would make a big difference, and it did. No kidding, and you don't get sued, right? Well, you can't get sued for a title. Ah. Now, then, then why, I have a question for you that we've never discussed. Why, then, the Joe South song, Games People Play... Which was was a song by the Spinners later in the seventies called "Games People Play." I, I I was told that the Spinners 
from Detroit, great band from Detroit, they had to change the name to Games People Play slash They Just Can't Stop It because of Joe South's title, Games People Play. So you can't be sued? It's, for- it's impossible. You can't, you can't sue for a title. It must have been a melody, a melody similarity. Uh, interesting. But you cannot sue for a title. You can write, will you still love me tomorrow? Look, let's try a song called um, Some Kind of Wonderful. Right. They have a Some Kind of Wonderful by the Drifters, and then you have a Some Kind of Wonderful by Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah, right, right. That's... Hey, you know what I was going to say? Alan Parsons has a song called Games People Play. Oh, is, oh that's right. Alan Parsons yeah. has Games People yeah. Play. So yeah. you can't sue for a title. And by the way, could it be magic? And could this be magic? Are two different titles? Right, right. Yeah, completely different. And it, now it, you never you. I don't re- remember talking to you about this, but did you did you work with the Yardbirds and James Taylor? Yes, I, I represented their music when I worked for Clive Davis and April Blackwood Music. Absolutely, Grateful Dead. That's what I find Barry, same time period, by the way. Oh man. What? I mean, what a storied career. I mean, you are, you know what, Tony Orlando, you are musical royalty. I mean, you really are musical. And, and, and you know what my first hit record was when I was working for Clive Records as a publisher? Huh. Hawaii Five O. No, it's no kidding. The theme from Hawaii Five O. That's it. Yep, I love that. And wow. you work, you work, you work with uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Okay, you probably because you you never say a bad thing about anyone. Uh, but David Clayton Thomas, difficult to work with? No. No. I had a problem with him. No. Wow. One of my heroes, by the way. Oh, me too, man. I love that. Oh, man, do I love that voice. That's one soulful dude right there, man. Yeah, that is, that is, uh, oh, you talk about uh, the Everly Brothers and the Righteous Brothers and Hall and & Oates, and they're going through their own legal thing right now. But when you speak of blue-eyed soul, that is David Clayton Thomas, ain't it? <laughs> yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, I know. I heard stories about that, but I never had a day's problem. To be honest with you, I'm very lucky, Matt, because I never really ran into any problems with any artist. And I found out that the bigger the artist, the bigger the artist, the nicer they were. Yeah. The guy that was like, kind of like not there. He was more of a diva than the guy who yeah. was super famous. Yeah, I, I have discovered that as well. Like, uh, for example, Baltimore had the song Tarzan Boy. I'll tell you, that guy, man, we got into fisticuffs. No, we didn't. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a mid-charter, Tony. It was it barely made it into the top 40. But I'll tell you what, Tony Orlando, I played that damn thing in Houston, Texas, a song called Tarzan Boy. And I, I would tell you to look it up, but don't waste your time. Uh, and and a couple other things before we let this this magnificent man named Tony Orlando uh, uh, go have dinner and celebrate uh, the the beautiful holidays with his uh, with his uh, lovely family. You for some damn reason your first hits were not Tony Orlando and Dawn, but simply Dawn. Your name was nowhere to be found, right? No, no, my first hit. Before Dawn. Oh, that's right. That's, okay, right. Which was, was the that a... The first hit I ever had was 1961. Yeah. With Carol King. It was called Half of the Paradise and then Bless You. So you weren't born yet at that time. No, I was not. So that's why you wouldn't know that. This is before your radio history. <laughs> see, see, I'll tell you what. Tony thinks he's being cute there, but I really wasn't. I really was not born. No, you weren't. Yeah. No, I know you weren't. <laughs> okay. So that's when it began. I was 16. 
But you're right. In the days when it came out as Dawn, without Tony Orlando on it, was because I was working for Clyde Davis. I was vice president of Columbia Music's publishing companies. When I did those two songs, not three times in Candida, I did them as a favor wow. to my friend Hank Medris, who was one of the tokens, you know, the Lions. Yeah, of course, of course. He was, he was in need of making some money to pay his bills. And he asked me the favor when I go in and cut these two songs. And I said, as long as you don't put my name on it, I don't want to lose my job. Wow. That's how it became done without Tony Orlando. And you, and you were a summer replacement for the Sonny and Cher show and ran for four seasons from 74 to, to uh, 76. It was, your show was huge. I never missed it. And your favorite, you. hey, Tony Orlando, your favorite guest on that show, who was it? Favorite guest, boy, they were all great. My, I tell you the truth, it had to be somebody you love, Jerry Lewis. I knew that was going to be the answer. Yeah, I knew it. I knew. I knew it. Yeah, you know, talk about another so, guy. Yeah, even though they were telling me, why do you want him on there? <laughs> right. He's going to cause the trouble. He's going to be a problem. On came Jerry. I'll never forget it. Walked through the door. Matt, handsome, tanned, looking like the super superstar he was. Yeah. And my first words were her was, hey, Mr. Lewis, they tell me that you're really a pain in the ass. Is that possibly true? Huh? And he said to me, I'll only be that pain in your butt under one condition. If you don't do your job, uh-huh. if you don't do your job. And you know what? At the end, all I cared about was to ask him, Mr. Lewis, you're my idol. How did I do? And he threw his arms around me, gave me a hug. Oh. And from that day on, we were best friends. Oh, I, I, man, do I love that. And then you, of course, hosted the New York uh, the New York feed. Uh, you're, you had your own studio there in New York. Uh, it yeah, was telephone. three years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you did such a great job. And between you two, you did great work for the kids. And he is a and man. you know what, yeah. Matt, what the greatest compliment to me was? And here I was, a nine-year-old kid idolizing Jerry Lewis. You bet. And when Jerry passed away, the family made me the person to host his funeral and celebrate his life. That makes sense, though. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah you two were close. And, uh, man, I, uh, I, uh, I love this man. Um, I love talking to him during the holidays. I love his. Uh, I love his family. Family. I'd love to. Uh, I'd. I'd love to meet Fran in person, because uh, you know I love it when a plan uh, works. And my marriage didn't work so well. Except you know I can't say that because I have the most beautiful daughter on the planet. So I wouldn't want to change a damn thing. But you know you have one of those magical life. I do. And I... And they should call me Magic Tony Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you might might as well they be. They should call me the Orlando Magic. There we go. I think that's taken. That Now, that could be a lawsuit. Is that a... That's a title. <laughs> but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is an honor and esteemed uh, pleasure uh, to spend some time with my friend Tony Orlando. I love you dearly. And love you too, Matt. many, many, many more years. I love you too, and continued success. You're one of the great radio kings of all time. Oh, wow. And also, 
a loyal and wonderful friend. I can't say the same about your brother. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Love you too, Tony. <laughs> you know, you know, you know why I'm a, a loyal friend because ta- Tony is not an a-hole. He's one of the good guys, and he's a patriot. And we'll be this after back on the big uh, ferocious dog of broadcasting, no, Magic no, Matt's no, Outlaw no, Radio. So you're listening to Magic Matt's Outlaw Radio. <laughs> 